0: Welcome to Something Positive for Positive People. I'm Courtney Brain. Something Positive for Positive People is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that provides people navigating herpes stigma with support resources. These include one-on-one support calls. This includes group therapy with a licensed mental health professional as well as individual therapy. Yes, I brought it back. Uh, It was getting to a point where I now recognize how I can go about providing that service to everyone in a way that works for the nonprofit as well as the people who are participating in it. Um, If you have not noticed lately, I have been directing people more to the Patreon page as well as the support groups, as well as the uh, website, the newsletter, please consider Uh, sending me your email address so that i can add you to our email list for monthly email updates with a newsletter that i'm starting to do because social media is really not working for me anymore and i guess it's just the content of anyone in the realm of sexuality sexual health sex education sex positivity i think that all of our visibilities are suffering as of late so i'm Making a proactive effort to bring things more in house the something positive for positive people survey is still collecting response if you have not responded yet y'all there are 10,000 podcast subscribers I see the statistics on the website. I have like 800 something responses. There's no reason for that. It's been plenty of weeks and episodes that have dropped where I've mentioned the um, survey. So if you are someone who is living with herpes, take the time to fill this survey out. There's no reason we can't get 2000 responses so that I can present this at various conferences to public health professionals so that I can at the very least make them more aware from a quantitative standpoint of how people living with herpes are impacted from a psychological standpoint so that we can do things to at the very least uh, mitigate some of the stigma. And while we're on the topic of conferences, there's something positive for positive people, herpes stigma conference is going to be held virtually on thursday may twenty third, two 2004 this will be the five-year anniversary of something positive having non-profit status uh so tickets will go on sale in january make sure that you are subscribed to the newsletter so that you can see the early bird discount rate Uh, what we'll do is have four speakers Um, I've got flyers for that on social media you'll see that up on the website as soon as possible but uh, yeah I think that that covers all of the announcements Um, another thing that's been implemented if you are someone who wants some type of guidance on disclosure or you need like advice or want to talk to me for extended periods of time outside of you know just saying what's up thanks whatever uh, I invite you to please make a donation and then just send proof of the donation. And then we can set up a time to talk. Uh, unfortunately, there have been some things that happened and I had to put this in place. I, I won't go into detail about it again. I think I talked about it on a previous podcast episode. All right. That concludes our announcements. Right Today, we have a guest who probably should have been on this podcast in 2020. But for whatever reason um we've not we've just not done it until now you know (laughs) and and you know divine timing right i think that we've had a solid number of experiences separately um as well as like collaboratively to have gotten us to the point of being able to just sit down and have a conversation about our perspectives of navigating herpes stigma. So I bring you the producer of the No Shame in This Game film documentary, Jolene Hernandez. (sighs)
1: Thank you so much for that introduction. I really need to have you like announcing me at more things in the future if um, you're gonna do it like that you
0: know what the no shame in this game film uh, showing was the first time that I did that and I am very open to doing that more so
1: I will take note of that <laughs> thank
0: you <laughs> yeah um so Jolene and I have become friends over the last has it been 2020 did we connect in 2020? So
1: we we started filming in 2021, so two years, and on December 17th, 2023, it'll be two years since we wrapped up filming.
0: Nice. It's been two whole years since filming ended, and I guess, uh, well, for those who might not know, can you give us a little bit of a description of the No Shame film?
1: Sure. So No Shame in this game is about seven STI-positive people, and their journey from you know being ashamed to feeling empowered. That's it in a nutshell.
0: I love that very concise description. Now, people are gonna wonder how they can see this, where they can watch it. Um, I know that it's not just out and available everywhere, so how can people consume this media?
1: hmm okay so there's a few things that people can do I would say one just follow our Instagram page no shame in this game film because we will announce when we'll do screenings and the reason why the film is not sort of out in the open is because we are entering it into film festivals and some film festivals like their entry requirements is that your film is not like widely available to you know the world just yet Um, so once the film has had its film festival run, hopefully next year, 2024, um, you know, we'll be at a ton of festivals after that, I plan on putting it on a more permanent platform where people can watch it, um, whenever they please. And, um, if you are someone who has seen it and you would like to host some kind of like private screening with a group of people or an organization that, you know, they should contact me and, you know, we can arrange something.
0: Um... I don't think I knew that because I would have definitely reached out about that.
1: I'm sorry. Well,
0: surprise. (laughs) Oh, all right. Well, maybe we can make this happen. Um, So one thing that I'm doing with something positive that I didn't announce in any announcements, but it's going to be in a newsletter, is uh, once a month. I will host some form of a workshop, uh, for the Something Positive for Positive People community, um, where if it's not me, then it'll be someone in the realm of herpes stigma education advocacy, uh, to come and show their work. Um, if it's someone who has like a topic of interest that can be useful to this community, whether it be some sort of like exercises for managing your mental health, or in your case, like just showing the documentary and this. Keep in mind, y'all, this is an event. Like, this isn't just you sitting down and you watching something. Like, the, the way that you structured this in person was phenomenal. You made it an experience. Thank it wasn't you. just <laughs> we're sitting and, like, watching something together. It was very engaging. Um, I loved the setup for it previously, being able to socialize and connect with the people there. And then also the after show Q&A where people in the audience were able to engage with the um, cast members who were there as well as, um, yeah, just ask questions about what's next and right. just really get a sense of who these people on the screen are right there in person in real time. Cause a lot of times we see people on the big screen and we don't feel as connected to them right. as we do when they're right there in person.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for saying that. I was really committed to creating an experience because you know, I think about, like, how does stigma change? How can you change people's minds? And they, it's really that one-on-one experience that people can have in a situation for all sorts of topics, really, that you don't know about. Um, and I just thought, like... It's it's one group at a time. Like that's how I would love for this film to impact people, just like one group, one intimate group at a time, learning together, sharing, hearing intimate perspectives on things, etc.
0: Yeah. Well, it was very beautifully done. So, thank you. Um and thank you for bringing me in on that, too. E
1: yeah, I'm just thinking, like, do people on this podcast know
0: you're in it? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it. A little bit. I got a, I got a few cameos, you know? <laughs> just a few. <laughs> um, but most importantly, though, like, I really want to thank you for your hospitality. Like, making that shit work during a pandemic was wild, uh, from being able to get me out there and also, like, housing me. Like, you don't know me. You let me stay in your place and sleep in your bed. Like, that was really... Like trusting of you, <laughs> and mm-hmm. yeah, I appreciate that. And this just goes to speak to Jolene's character as well. Not to say you trust everybody, but you you get shit done. We'll just say that. <laughs>
1: I do my best. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do my best.
0: All right, so uh, we we talked a little bit about like your work and the documentary. Um, one thing that I'm curious about is since the documentary has released, uh, well, even while you were filming you kind of were this front-facing advocate in your own way. Like one mm-hmm. of the scenes, without giving too much away, was you like standing out with a sign that says, I have herpes, ask me anything, right? So yeah. I'm curious about your experience between filming and now and how your advocacy and confidence have both changed since essentially coming out to the world is having herpes.
1: Oh my gosh, what a loaded question. I think I need to like answer that in little bits at a time. So, and if you can just repeat like the first part of the question, it was during filming, uh, what was my advocacy like just.
0: Yeah, so I, I can ask the question in two ways. So the first question being, you stood out in New York with a sign that says, I have herpes, mm-hmm. ask me anything. Let's just say, start there, talk me through that.
1: <laughs> okay, so. We for the film, you know, like, where I was we just about
0: eating. to say, not for the film, not people the need film. to watch a okay. film. <laughs> I want to know, like, what you were challenged with. What were you like? How were you supported? What did you feel? Like, give me the emotion of the emotion? I am putting okay. a sign on my neck that says I have herpes and I'm telling people to ask me questions and I'm gonna stand out here.
1: Yeah, so I just remember feeling so committed to what I was creating with the film. And, oh, so it
0: ended up being about the film after all. It, it
1: kind of... <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I really channeled my energy into this project, you know? Um, it's a very, like, emotional project for me. I got so much out of it. Hardest thing I've ever done and most rewarding thing I've ever done at to this point. Um, but really... I was just thinking, like, if I'm out here claiming that, like, I'm free and that this doesn't, my herpes status doesn't impact me, then this is cake. Like, then I just do this. It's just, like, a thing I have to do. And so I do remember feeling, like, pretty jittery, like, whilst putting the sign on. And it was really walking through the park, just entering it, because the paths are more narrow and there's benches on either side. Or rather, on both sides of every path that you go into in Washington Square Park. And that's like when it felt the most intimate. I was like, oh, I know motherfuckers are looking at me right now. <laughs> and for people who don't know me or ones who do, like, I don't love being looked at. Like, I don't love being the center of attention. And I'm like, well, this is just what it's going to be today. And I just need to, like, receive the eyeballs and the energy. Um, So I would say it was walking through that was the hardest part. And then once I sort of parked myself in a spot, I was like, taking deep breaths. I was like, all right, I'm good. I got my two guys here from the film crew. Like, I'm not totally out here alone. I knew if some weird shit happened, like, they would immediately stop filming. And, you know, they would have my back. So I I wasn't totally alone out there. Um, But once I started, once I was out there, longer, it definitely got easier. And I think people coming up to me and just genuinely wanting to know my story. Like what am I doing out here? Why am I wearing this sign? Like answering those questions is what like made me feel comfortable. Just reminded me that at the end of the day we're all just humans trying to connect and understand each other. Um I'm trying to think if there's anything else to add to that. So that's like during right? Getting more comfortable, etc. But I would say it was really the next day that I just like randomly started sobbing. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> that was so much like energy to have received from hundreds of people out in the world. Um, yeah, it was really after I slept on it that I was like, wow, that was fucking crazy. And I'm tired and it I think it also made me think of my own story too, of how I contracted herpes and I'm like, you know, I'm telling it in this way, but is that actually what happened? Is it? I don't know anymore. It's so, you know, it just stirred up feelings like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after another day's rest, I was like, all right, yeah. I'm back to normal. And actually if you want to know something funny um, at that time, I was working as like an office manager, executive assistant at this family office and we filmed this particular scene in the park with the sign on a sunday and you know the next day or, or tuesday or something i went back to work and my boss had pulled me into the room we were having a conversation something about like how i was showing up at work and you know maybe they could tell i like, wasn't feeling it as much or i was off something like that and my boss was like i, I don't know if you're like shy or something and, like, in my head, I was, like, this man does not know me. Like, if he just said that to my face right now, like, he doesn't even know what I did two days ago. <laughs> like, uh, wild.
0: Yeah. Uh, I would like to come back to something that you said early on. And it was yeah. that you, you didn't say this verbatim, but you didn't have the capacity to, I guess, like, feel... The general emotions of I'm telling everybody I have herpes because you were putting any and all of that anxiety, fear that was directed toward this bigger picture project that you had in mind, this creative outlet for expression. So where someone might have this debilitating intense feeling that is like crippling anxiety and decide I'm not doing this or I'm just gonna crawl in the hole and live alone for the rest of my life. You took that intense feeling and the narrative that you gave it was this is energy and you directed it towards the documentary. You're like, okay, well, I'm going to use this thing as fuel to get this bigger picture thing accomplished. And I really think that there is something powerful there for people to understand is that when you have this bigger picture in mind, like having herpes, telling people you have herpes, if it sounds to me like those things became insignificant because what was important to you was filming this documentary.
1: Well said, like my commitment to creating a resource that would empower people was far greater than any like little insecurity that I had. Absolutely.
0: Amazing. That is very beautifully said. And I want to also give you props for like I do this shit behind a a microphone, you know, (laughs) so (laughs) people can't see my real time reactions out there listening to the podcast. But um, yeah, for you to put not just your voice, but also your face out there, your name out there. I think that this is really what Like you, you went out in the streets, literally you, your advocacy was out here in these streets. Like mine was digitally. You see a lot of people who use social media, like you went, is it grassroots? I don't know what it is, but like old school, whatever the old school version is, like you got a camera, you went outside, you made a sign, like it don't get more real and old school than that. And you made it happen. And it's really beautiful to see what came together from an idea uh, assign uh some determination and some you know a, a direction like having a sense of direction for mm-hmm. what those feelings were. Yeah. <laughs> now the the second part of that question is okay, okay, you've completed, you know, that portion, you slept for a couple of days and you were at baseline, right? Mhm. Ha- like coming out as someone living with herpes sort of puts you in this realm of advocacy and i'm curious to know if you found that there were expectations that came after you put yourself out there like did you feel like a support resource did you feel like people were reaching out to you or like you needed to be there for people, you know, as you made this transition into the main stage, Mm -hmm,
1: mm -hmm.
0: what changed for you from being someone with herpes to now being someone who has just told the world that you have herpes?
1: Hmm. I think the main thing that changed is that I became more of a, a keeper of secrets of people In my life or that who were like in my orbit in some way like not until i shared my story that's when i learned that people around me also had herpes as well i feel like i you all can't see but corny is nodding his head so i'm sure he had like a similar experience too so um yeah i just found that i became someone that people felt comfortable sharing these types of things with or when I was sharing about the project and what I was creating, even if the person I was speaking to didn't have herpes, they usually knew someone else who did, and were like, I can't wait to tell them about this, or it's really amazing you're doing that, because I know so-and-so, you know, they've been having a tough time, or they feel insecure sometimes, etc. Um, so I would say that's the main change, like, now I've become the person that people talk about sex with more, which I kind of love, like, I, I, my relationships became so much more juicy and like intimate and vulnerable and I didn't know it could, that could happen. Like, you know, you think, you know, but then you experience it and you're like, wow, this is amazing. (laughs) Like we could, you know, our friendships can go even deeper. Um, So I would say that's like the main change. I don't know about expectations. Um, I can't say I felt any particular expectations. It's also very possible that I was totally blind to like what people were expecting of me. Cause I was like, I'm going to do my own thing. And I'm good with that.
0: Yeah. Um, you spoke to like your relationships changing and people talking to you more about sex as well. What I find is that the current state of the world between Intimacy among friends, intimacy in dating and relationships, there's a very – the I don't want to say society, but I want to say like a media focus is on – the dating world which is extremely avoidant of emotional vulnerability and availability and I think that this has a ripple effect into friendships it has a ripple effect into other areas of life where we really want to connect with people but it just doesn't feel safe to because of how you have to be in the dating world let's say so in dating you know, your next lover is a potential thumb swipe away so because they're a thumb swipe away you know you've got this ease of access with people who have ease of access with people who have ease of access and it just Mm -hmm. bubbles out to where you know you gotta protect yourself in a way like you've got to be mindful of how much energy you're investing into other people because at any moment you can get ghosted they can find something different or better or there could be something that you just don't like oh this person's breath didn't smell good right so you just move on and I think that People have become so practiced in protecting themselves energetically that it's more difficult to be vulnerable. That we now, as people with herpes, and you just expressed experiencing this with putting your own story out there as powerfully as you have, we are initiating an invite for vulnerability to mm-hmm. other people who are starving for it but maybe have not had the practice of practicing being vulnerable so it makes it so much easier to open up to you about something that maybe they're struggling with or to talk about something as taboo as sex and for you to be that safe person so uh, I and I know you've kind of feel this way, and I'll let you elaborate and tell your own story about how herpes has been sort of like a gift for you in that way of being able to open up in other ways. But that's essentially what this is if you choose to view it that way, just like the crippling anxiety that others might have experienced, like yeah. it's just an intense feeling that we have. But when guided by whatever we choose to believe within our mind, it can be fuel for a documentary, it can be fuel for running a podcast, or it can be something that just keeps you from ever wanting to date again. What you do with that energy is on you. But <laughs> what uh, I want to, you know, completing this circle of thought, mm-hmm. the expression of the vulnerability underneath your herpes diagnosis is what opens people up to wanting to be vulnerable with you as well. And we so often might lock into the possibility of experiencing rejection for herpes that we're not looking at the possibility of accepting vulnerability and being accepted for that undercurrent of what, Hey, I have herpes actually is. It's not, Hey, I have herpes is You know, I I had some experience with this thing, and it was a challenge for me. Uh, I'm in the process of dealing with it. Here's what I'm learning about myself, and I'm wanting to connect with you. I recognize this may be a hesitance for you and, you know, vulnerability, right? We don't see it that way. So all of that, just to say uh, I'd like to transition into, you know, your personal story, because you and I were talking a little bit before this and you made a comment about, you know, herpes sort of inviting that vulnerability and that more uh, that greater depth of connection with others around you, even if just through talking about sex. Mm-hmm.
1: So could you put that in question form?
0: Yeah. In question form, it's let's talk about how. Uh, herpes has been something that helped you connect. You said you're having better conversations, uh, or more conversations about sex. You know, even.
1: Yeah, but but really, it. That is the gateway. Like this particular topic was the gateway to vulnerability, and then with with friendships and relationships, or whatever. Um, and <laughs> whatever. <laughs> you know, just like and and people in the world, but. It, I, you know, it's kind of like how you and I can connect so easily, like we have that shared experience, if, if I'm being vulnerable with someone else, right, as you're saying, invite someone else to be vulnerable too. And then I feel like more things are put on the table, like from that point on. Um, and that's just super awesome. I don't know, I'd like the word I, that keeps coming up for me. is like juicy. It's like, Oh, my gosh, life is amazing. People are the coolest. Like, You just can't imagine what someone's going through until you have a conversation like that Um, and how beautiful it is to be like the recipient of that information and feel like this person, like a weight on someone's shoulders is just lifted a little or like you've just normalized something that they've been carrying for years. Like, that's ama- like, it's so cool that we could do that for mm-hmm. others. And I don't mean like we, you and I, but just that people can do that for each other. Um, I don't know if that answers your question, but that's what's coming up for me. No,
0: it does. And I want to also highlight here that you, you, you said, you know, you don't know what people are going through. And I think we interpret that as like a negative thing, but we also, in these invitations for vulnerability, offer people to share some of their... Um, some of their positives as well like what are your pleasures like what are you experiencing in life Mm -hmm. that's joyful right and just because we're presenting oh i have herpes like i've learned that over the years for me when i didn't really have like a bigger picture purpose and i was just trying to get laid having to say i had herpes was just annoying it was like i got herpes you okay with that and you know it's very transactional, and I have a negative <laughs> undercurrent to it, so it's going to be received in that way. But now disclosures are coming a lot sooner than I want them to, especially when people ask me, "What do you do?" So I teach general, right. teach medical students to give genital exams. I work as a patient actor. I teach yoga. I run a nonprofit uh, supporting people navigating herpes stigma, and people mm-hmm. are like, "Wait, what?" You know, and that's just so interesting to it people, is. and. You know you get into the details of it and it's more about i dealt with this adversity in my life it was challenging And here's how I handled it. Here are some things that I've learned. Here's how I've connected with other people. Here's some healing that I've done for myself. Here's some Mm -hmm. healing that's been offered to others through it. That's what people often hear in my disclosure now. And I imagine Mm -hmm. that that's very similar for you when talking about the documentary as well. Is that, you know, a similar experience that you have?
1: Yeah, I would say so. I, I like to think that people are hearing something empowering, or like they're left feeling empowered in some way, shape, or form by my sharing what I'm up to. So similar to you, like, because my, my like film is, well, my film is not quite public, but I do have some like very clear photos where it's like, I have herpes, ask me anything, you know, like if people want to do a little search beforehand, like they're going to find something. And I kind of love that because it you know, they can just remove themselves from my life if, like, that's something that bothers them, and then I'm like, cool, no time wasted for either of us, amazing, Um, but yeah, I'm finding that disclosures kind of are coming out as, like, you know, if someone were to ask me what my proudest accomplishment was, I'd be like, it was this film, and then the, you know, question is, how did you get into the film? You're like, well, in 2019, <laughs> like, we can go, you know, the whole way back with the story you know, yeah. how I, I got herpes and like, you know, how I've used that energy to like create it, to make this resource. Um, yeah, I, I definitely resonate with you on disclosures coming sooner than you anticipated <laughs> and it's perfect. Yes.
0: yes. So yeah, this brings about the question, you know, if you're someone who's listening to this podcast, you know, not to say you have to do anything as extreme as we are, but what are you doing with your diagnosis? Right. Um, Why is this such a priority to you? Uh, My diagnosis itself wasn't a priority It was more so supporting people who were talking about Wanting to end their lives because of their diagnosis So that became more of a big issue to me Than me dealing with my own diagnosis And in your case, Mm -hmm. it became about this creative expression Of destigmatizing herpes Or, you know, I'll let you speak for yourself What the motivation was And then I can loop in the point that I was trying to make If you're open to sharing that now
1: well, piggybacking off of what you said about like making your diagnosis sort of a priority. And I feel like I heard that as mentally, like it's taking up mental space. And I remember before I had fully accepted myself with my diagnosis, I was in this communications course and they were the, the course leader was saying something about knowing the what so in your life what is so is what is true right now like what can you physically see like i have a cup in my hand courtney you are in front of me virtually like that is what's so and i don't know why i took that it it just my herpes diagnosis came up immediately and i thought to myself what is so about my herpes diagnosis and so at that point in time, I had had two outbreaks. I had one in one year. I had one in another year. Let's say it takes me two days to figure out, am I having an outbreak? <laughs> so that's two days. And then, you know, I take my cycle of, of medication for four days or five days, whatever that is. Now we're at six days. And then, you know, whatever, you just finish out the week and it's another seven days. You have, I don't know, you can make it nine, whatever. So again, one outbreak a year, nine days. There's 365 days in a year. Why are these nine days taking up more time in the whole year? Why? It's just, and I don't know, I just saw it objectively like that. And I was like, okay, um, that's interesting, isn't it? Like, why is this taking up so much mental space? And something about, Seeing it in that objective way just gave me such freedom. I was like, I have a choice now about how I choose to be with my diagnosis. Like, I can actually choose now. I felt like in that moment I had the power. Like, I can choose to continue to be miserable, shrink myself, or not. And I was like, well, I have one life. And this shit does not seem like something that's worth holding me back in my one life. And then from there I was golden. I was like, this shit, this this doesn't weigh on me anymore. Like I, I am just not gonna do that, because I know what is so about my diagnosis.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I totally forgot the other part of your question, but. So you <laughs> that's actually. I can speak to about like, you know, it taking up mental space that maybe doesn't
0: need to. No, you actually answered what was going to be my next question, which was oh, okay, uh, going to be like between that person you were when you got your diagnosis. And now I guess like what happened and you just spoke to the, uh, and, and what's so, what is so, is that what it? Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. The, what is so. And I like that because it's a very practical exercise that anybody can do. What is so about my diagnosis and you can objectively see around you or on you, What's Mm -hmm. happening rather than the stories that you can make up in your head about what this not means about you. You know, if you say, nobody's going to want to date me because I have herpes, all right, how many people have you asked to date you who said no and who said no after you disclosed that you have herpes to them? And you don't often have that proof. So a lot of times we are living our lives around a narrative that is made up in our thought processes and we are responding according to that.
1: Oh God. Yes. I I totally remember being that person. Like it was, I'll take you back. It was 2020. Um, I had ended my relationship with someone in February of 2020 and then, you know, pandemic happened. So I wasn't thinking about dating anyway. I was like, it's not the time. I also felt like that relationship was a little toxic for me. So I needed space regardless. But by fall of 2020, I was feeling myself, you know, I was like, my mojo is back. I'm ready to get out there. And I, it was such a vivid moment. I was washing the dishes, like dancing a little bit. Cause that's just what I do. I just kind of bop. And then while I was really feeling myself, this, I flash of truth, I say in quotes, because that was my truth at the time before I accepted myself. He was like, oh, shit, you have to disclose to somebody. Oh, shit, this dating is going to be difficult. It's It's really going to take something to find someone who accepts me. And I remember shrinking a little that day and accepting that as the truth for, you know, maybe two months until I did that course and I just got this random thing, but I was so there um, and I was ready to brace myself for the world of dating and how difficult it would be. Um, and then it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't. Um, but I, I needed that course that I didn't know, right? I was working on communication and I got this instead and I'm so grateful for that. Um, but yeah, it's, I really got, it's, it's mental. It's totally made up and Maybe, it's very possible that if I had seen some empowering stories about herpes in my pre-acceptance time, it could have helped. Maybe, I don't know. Um, But those those stories certainly weren't out there at the time or they weren't accessible to me.
0: I have a silly question that popped into my head because so (laughs) much of this advocacy that I see from people I think that it stems from some sort of tragic realization around what dating is going to look like. Nothing else. Right. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this. Do you believe that this would have still happened had you been in a relationship or had like, let's say, you know, you disclosed to somebody and it was completely fine and you were in that relationship? Like, would this have still been something that you did?
1: By this, you mean
0: make a film? Yes, or be open about your status. Wait,
1: you're asking <laughs> why am I not following along?
0: No, no, the, it, because I ask questions in a very weird way and I recognize uh, Okay. It. So I'll say okay. things to give context and then I'll ask a question and the question gets lost in the context because you're trying to hold on to everything. The best okay. thing to do is not listen to me. Until I ask you a question and you'll like subconsciously remain or uh, have the I'm content. so in
1: what you're saying now. Like, <laughs> <Yeah. "Yes." laughs>
0: but no, what I'm saying is like, um, so I see a lot of advocacy that begins with people struggling with the dating component of herpes. So had dating, like, did you have issues with outbreaks
1: no, I wouldn't say issue. Like did I experience them? Yes.
0: hmm But enough for you to like, I'm gonna start a documentary about this and get no, some change.
1: No, it was it was actually really the acceptance and empowerment that I felt that gave me the energy to do this uh-huh. Project. Yeah.
0: Alright. So I guess I'm projected because I think back and I wonder if I were to have not had issues with dating I wouldn't have gone down the path of coming into this space because let's say i got on tinder and the first person i matched with was cool with me having herpes and we are in a relationship and happily ever after i have no reason to think about herpes because the other person that needs to know about it knows and i'm going on about my business right Mm. and i'm wondering you know if that If if you didn't have to think about herpes from a relationship standpoint or even from the shame, like I'm wondering if you would have still found the motivation to produce a documentary or have this. I use advocacy as like a blanket statement, but it's different for you because you created a documentary and it's not necessarily like you out here advocating on a consistent basis of.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. any particular
0: yeah. component do you need me to ask the question one more like one way
1: well i mean i don't know courtney i know <laughs> I, 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 it's, it's a reason
0: I'm, I'm asking for a reason i'm asking for a no, reason.
1: i know i know <laughs> well i'm really thinking about it the truth the like first answer i don't know the second answer that comes up is i, I think so also, I don't know if you know that I contracted herpes from someone I was in a relationship with.
0: Hmm.
1: So that, you know, I, I don't, maybe that impacted me. I'm going to say it did, not that I can verbalize how, per se, but there's that. And the other thing I'll say is, and this is something I say in the documentary where You know, I claim to be like a free or at that time, you know, if I'm thinking back to 2021, it was like, you know, who I want to be for people is freedom, which means I have to be free. And that was the area that I realized, like, I'm keeping a secret here. Like, you know, I had already been positive for two years. Nobody knew. Like my two friends. And you know what? Both of my friends have master's in public health so I knew like they weren't gonna judge me I'm like they have the education to know that this shit is really common <laughs> you know but they knew and then my partner and then something about that I, I was just hitting a wall like ooh, I'm caring I'm caring about my image here why does it matter it really doesn't matter and I'm, I was also kind of at the point like if sharing with my friends and family is something that's going to cause them to you know not be my friend anymore like why am i friends with them anyway you know like obviously that's not the way you want to find out that someone's not your friend or that this person's not for you but you know the reality is like that is what happens sometimes and i was ready to like be with that to be with whatever the outcome is so um yeah i don't know how else to say it other than i was feeling really empowered to be with whatever the result was in life better to know i feel <laughs> um and that was really the feeling that i wanted people to take away with this resource like i i asked myself you know what would it be like if people could feel the feeling that i have right now which is just you know unstoppable not caring taking up space like we all deserve to feel and be that way and like that's what I want for the world like that's a world I want to create um and I needed to be it first
0: yeah you, know? you saw where this was holding you back and you decided to investigate that and explore that and then do something about it Mm -hmm. The point that I wanted to get across here is that so many people, circling back to, you know, the prioritization of herpes, it's, oh, dating and how that's going to look for me moving forward as the priority. Okay, if Mm -hmm. we dig a little bit deeper, you know, if it's not dating... Then what else is it? If dating isn't the issue, and you you do this enough times, and you get to the core of what it is, and it sounds like you were able to get to the core rather quickly. Oh, I'm feeling stuck. I'm blocked right here, and I don't like this. What's happening? Investigate, explore, right, right. and then do something about it. So often, I believe that I don't hear from people who I don't. Uh, I'm sorry, and I didn't mean to say it like that, but. Uh, so often people I talk to are at a point where they recognize something's there and they're waiting on other people to do something about it for them, whether that be mm-hmm. me come out with another podcast episode mm-hmm. or for there to be a cure for herpes. Right. And there's always something there that can be done. And your experience is, you know, a very beautiful example of that while it might seem extreme to somebody like i'm not gonna make a documentary what you know make your version of your own documentary like what is your form of expression and getting that thing out there getting that thing that's stuck within you to move making a priority of things that are bigger uh, of greater importance to you than just living with your herpes diagnosis this is something that i want to challenge the listeners to reflect on because this is a really beautiful reflective experience that you're sharing with us that honestly anybody can have
1: yeah what's coming up for me and what you're saying is you know why don't people want to share something like this and it comes down to like you know i'm gonna look bad or I'm gonna be judge. Like that is that is it. It doesn't have to be herpes. It could be some other thing that you like that seems weird and I say weird in quotes, but you know, that's all it is. <laughs> it's like you know, we all wanna look good. I know, I have my moments too. <laughs> but um I again I'm just thinking of like the world I want to create I think a world that would serve everyone better is just giving up looking good (laughs) sometimes you know um you'll find you'll be really alive on the other side of that um and I was at a point where I was ready to challenge myself to look bad (laughs) and be with the results and feelings and all of that like it's it's all part of the human experience you know
0: as someone who you know has always been so hell-bent on looking good or like that's been such a part of your identity when looking bad what <laughs> feelings did that bring up for you
1: Hmm. I mean, I, I was worried, like, am I about to lose some people I love over this? Like, are they going to judge me? Like, I, I, that's really what it was. So was like, I'm, I'm going to be, am I going to be judged by people? Are they going to say things like, oh, she's so smart, but, but so dumb at the same time. Like, how does she get this? <laughs> like, she can't, like, her shit's not together. Like, you know, like, stuff like that is what was coming up for me and again I had enough energy empowerment self-love in me that you know I'd be willing to end some relationships if I found that it was going to go if it went in that direction
0: thank you for sharing that like be willing to end those relationships uh some things that we hold on to aren't good for us and the best thing that we can do is let go and
1: Mm -hmm.
0: getting to a place of Letting go or being willing to let go requires that acceptance, you know, for you to lean into the discomfort of, okay, well, if I lose this person, that's gonna hurt. Wait, why is me losing this person gonna hurt? Why am I concerned about losing this person? Why would I lose this mm-hmm. person? And if I did lose this person, would it really be as bad of a thing as I'm making it out to be? Sometimes we just don't give ourselves the opportunity to challenge those things because when we take the right. shit, we scroll through TikTok or Instagram instead of taking that you know, two minutes a day of just being with ourselves and asking a, a hard question
1: compared
0: mm-hmm. to, and, and then going into a space of seeking the answers or solutions um like we'd much rather just distract ourselves or not think about it than deal with it and when we deal with it we can heal with it Ooh, mm-hmm. that sounds like a podcast yes. title
1: yes Great.
0: Ooh, ooh. That was good. <laughs> uh so i'm genuinely curious like life after you know Producing a documentary, and I know that you've gone back to the workforce, and you're working, and you're still uh, submitting to film festivals. I didn't mean to say submitting. I'm working on that because, like, I keep, I keep. That's what she said. That's what she's setting in life. It's like, yeah, you're submitting, and it's like, uh <laughs> I have. I didn't even
1: catch that one But you know me, like you say these things And they just go right over my head like All the, time. Of the all time the time.
0: <laughs> Like to be a third person Hanging out with me and Jolene You would think that I was a pervert Or you would think that Jolene was just like... And I'm oblivious Like, <laughs> <laughs>
1: like I am just uh, Not
0: a part of
1: this Life style at all Yeah
0: <laughs> Um. So I guess what, what kind of doors have opened For you or like professionally or personally since you know finishing the documentary and the showing like what's happening with you right now Mm -hmm. what are you excited about
1: yeah okay well i'll speak to things professionally first also because i had a more recent like professional experience but the crew that i hired to film and edit my documentary uh ended up hiring me twice now so um For our first project, we went to the Dominican Republic to do a, to film a part of a series that was going to be for BBC. Coolest project ever. We went to like a young women's empowerment camp in like a small town in Dominican Republic. I got to interview these teenage girls who are just, ah, they were my heart. They were so cute. Um, So that was a super fun project. And then just a few weeks ago, I was with them again in New York doing another BBC series, you know, this will be one little documentary in a, in a series. Um, and I was a production assistant for that job. Super fun, like film is amazing. I would have never, I, I also feel people need to know I had zero film background <laughs> before choosing to make a film. And what I discovered is that film is really dope. It has, for me, this blend of like movement, activity, and humanity in it that I really enjoy. Um, I know some documentaries can be about some shady shit sometimes. Those have not been the ones I've been a part of (laughs) to date. But, um, you know, people's stories and how they came to be where they are, what's being created in the world, that's all inspiring to me. So professionally, like that's sort of what's opened up to me um as a result i also started this film certificate program just to learn a little bit more about the industry again i kind of made this film like gorilla style i was learning on the go like there's so much of a foundation that i didn't have and i sometimes wonder like how would this film have been different if i knew some like technical terms or knew more about story boarding making whatever um so that's been super fun and then on the personal side Wow, my relationship with rest has really (laughs) come a long way since filming this documentary. And I'm very grateful for that because rest is important. Um, And I'm trying to think what else I could say on the personal side um, that's feeling relevant. Courtney, is there anything else, like, personally, like, just ask. Come on now. We know each other.
0: Well, I mean, what we talked about before before I started recording, you know, just like, your own self reflections recently personally that I think are relevant here because over the last two years it's really been your experience with leaning into that self acceptance because of your herpes diagnosis that mm-hmm. has opened up this whole new world for you. And I don't wanna tell your, you know, story mm-hmm. if you you know, whatever it is that you say I'll piggyback on and speak to and ask yeah. questions about to your comfort level. But I'm curious about like those self-reflections that happened as a result of you beginning to accept your diagnosis.
1: Sure. So I would say overall the day, the month, whatever that I really accepted my herpes diagnosis, I allowed that to be a new starting point in my sexual journey. Like I had, you know, it was pandemic time. So I had all the time to reflect on everything. And I really just thought about how I had been enduring shitty sex, honestly, to that point. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do that anymore. Like I, I need to do more self, not need, right? But I felt this desire to do more self exploration. Like how am I going to tell partners how to please me if I am not really learning my body in the most intimate way? way right so then i started investing in some toys i bought some books i bought some lingerie and i also started dating again and i made a commitment to share with these people i was interacting with like where i was at in my journey and i would say something like listen i just want you to know that i'm in this place where i'm sort of starting over with my sexuality i'm really trying to unlearn patterns that i've had in the past i'm trying to explore new ones like let's take this slowly like i really want to enjoy and savor this in a way that i haven't before and that was super well received so (laughs) that was nice um and then you know just built up momentum from there like then documentary came out and then um even just making content for no shame in this game, I learned about a ton of products like sexual wellness products that are on the market that can facilitate a better sexual experience, learning more about different lubes, learning more about different toys, um, you know, different quality of floggers, etc. like, you know, momentum building. And then more recently I registered for this dominatrix class, which I so would not have seen myself doing two years ago. But as I've, as this journey has continued, like BDSM and kink have really been coming up. And I also keep hearing that these are really healing spaces and I'm curious, like I want to know what's so healing about it. Um, So this like Dom class was sort of an investment in like furthering my knowledge.
0: You know what's cool in all of that? Like, disclosing herpes didn't come up. You talked about having very well-received conversations with partners about where you are sexually. And so many of us don't even know the answer to that for ourselves, where we are sexually, let alone to be able to communicate that to another person for them to be able to meet us there or identify if they're capable of meeting us there. What, like, how do you... How did you get to a point of recognizing that as a thing? And then it seems harder to talk about that than it does to tell someone you have herpes. Can you like speak to that?
1: Yeah, well, the, the other, I guess, I know I didn't mention disclosing herpes, but I disclosed herpes no. every day. You <laughs> no,
0: know? But, I didn't mean it, I didn't mean it like I know that.
1: Know, I know you didn't say yeah. it like that, but I'm like, by the way, people, I swear that stuff came up. But, <laughs> you know, I think in my mind, herpes has been so minimized. Um, that I am focusing on larger conversations. Like, can you please me or not? Or like, what kinds of things are you into? I just want to know. I'll share what I'm into. Do these things align? Great, wonderful. I still don't think I answered your question, Courtney.
0: <laughs> well, no, you so- elaborated more on what the conversation is, but I guess what my real question is, is like, it's more of an observation. Let me say that. It's yeah. an observation okay. that you are having this Much more difficult conversation, which is about, like, where you are sexually, asking a person where they are sexually, and if they're able to meet you where you would like to be met. That seems very vulnerable, and I'm wondering if, you know, if there's a connection between how how difficult or... How practiced you became at talking about such a vulnerable thing like herpes, if that made just what should be a regular discussion about sexual compatibility. Go ahead.
1: Uh, I mean, short answer. Yes. All
0: right. Yeah, I, I really I really would love to see people take that away from this. Episode Now, if you need help disclosing, episode 299 with Dr. Eveline Molina dacker is uh, called How to Disclose Your Herpes Status. So if you listen to Something Positive for Positive People, episode 299, you can have more of a framework for having this bigger conversation and disclosing. But it just, it, it's so much, there's so much of a greater quality to not just sex, but the overall relationship with the person when you're able to discuss these vulnerable things like needs and yeah. desires and I, I use the word vulnerable and I know that that may have like a broad context to it. So what I want to say is this invitation to emotionally be able to connect with somebody and to give a person the power to influence how you feel while also influencing how that person may feel through your presence with them your ability to listen your ability to engage with them your ability to communicate with them and this is where that intimacy lies like that's intimacy and so much of what i think people look at is oh my god my sex life is over but really this is the beginning of your intimacy life
1: Hmm, that's certainly a way. I love that you said that. I could definitely see where that's been true for me. Um, And in sort of starting over in my sexual journey, I also decided to create myself as a more playful person. Like, why does this have to be so serious? Like, I don't want to be stressed out about
0: this, so I'm not going to be stressed. <laughs> Let me tell y'all <laughs> something, y'all. So when, when I met Jolene and we were going to the documentary show, we were in an Uber. I think you were on the phone with somebody. You had to be texting somebody, and our Uber got pulled over. And this is 2021. I don't know that our driver spoke English. And I'm sitting in the back seat on the also, passenger side. we you just side, met. Like we had I just care. met. <laughs> oh, yeah. So there's all this... <laughs> All of this stuff is happening, and Jolene, without skipping a beat, is still doing her call, still doing whatever messaging needs to be done. Unfazed by the fact that we just got pulled over in a fucking Uber, and the cops asking the guy for paperwork. I, he's not speaking English. I'm worried. I'm in the backseat, like, oh my god, I hope they don't make me get out the car. I'm gonna be on the news. They're gonna use that picture of me with a do rag on and holding money in my hand for my RIP picture. Like, these all thoughts going in my head. I'm losing it, and Jolene's just like calmly on the phone, blah, 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 like having it together. And that is so much of what like I've seen from you, especially professionally. So to hear you even like talk about playing, I'm like,
1: what, what? I know, I really had to like (laughs) learn to do that. It's not natural for me at all. I'm really working on it. it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay, well, um, Jolene, I wanna leave space for you to share anything that you wanna share. How can people get in contact with you? Um, and yeah, are there any closing remarks that you have?
1: I will start with how to contact me. So again, our Instagram page is at no shame in this game film. And our Gmail is the same way. No shame in this game film at gmail.com. You can contact me there. Um, we also have a website, no shame in this game.com. I forget that we have that sometimes because for so long, we like didn't have a website. (laughs) So we have that. Um, Closing remarks. Hmm. I think the main thing I want to leave people with is that um, it. I, I would mostly want people to know that it's possible for you to get to an empowered place with your diagnosis. And even if you're not there right now, that is perfect. Like, you may not be ready right now. You may need to do more healing or the therapy whatever it is that's going to support you. That's fine. Wherever you are in your journey is fine, but I do hope people know that, you know, it's possible for this to not weigh as much on their mind and that they can still have an amazing sex life and, you know, they're totally worthy of having that amazing relationship, the juicy sex, like whatever it is that they want.
0: Yeah. Well, this was a juicy podcast episode. Hey. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, so many years later, but you know, everything happens when it's supposed to. And I'm appreciative of you being a guest on here, I'm appreciative of our friendship, our working relationship. And um, yeah, I look forward to releasing this podcast episode and all the feedback that's going to come from it. Um, yeah, that's it, Jolene. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much. It's my first podcast ever. Woo! Thank you. So much. I felt
0: honored. Thank you for letting me be your first. That concludes this episode of Something Positive for Positive People. Please like, rate, review, share, subscribe to this podcast. And remember, the survey is still collecting responses at www.spfpp.org survey mark your calendars may 23rd 2024 the virtual something positive for positive people conference it will begin at 10 a.m central time and go until 4 p.m central time so that's six hours this conference is not exclusively for people with herpes i am calling in health professionals who work with people with herpes, therapists, sex educators, as well as people in the public health field or just healthcare in general, because there's so much here to be learned for how to support people navigating stigma. And we're also going to, uh, as the keynote, show and discuss and analyze the herpes survey data at this conference. So that's gonna be the first showing of this data as it is complete, as well as the analyses And uh, leading up to that, what I'll do is uh, monthly live podcast episodes that you can join virtually. You'll have details on the website for that as well as my social media. But social media, again, isn't working with me. So stay in touch. If you can just email me Courtney at SPFPP.org, your email address so that I can add you to the email list and you can get updates via our monthly newsletter this is launching in 2024 it'll just be a monthly breakdown of what's going on where we're at what your donations are going towards as well as updates with something positive for positive people events i am very heavily focusing on the events uh space for 2024 so be on the lookout for all of that all right thank you all for listening and i'll catch you next time